Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. something that's threatening an unconscious pattern, your mind will go into confusion so that you can't conceptualize it. Our, our subconscious is so brilliant in the way that it protects us once it has a pattern that it will literally go into confusion over something that's relatively simple if it's a threat to what, what our pattern is that keeps us safe. Okay. She says, if I'm experiencing the same thing over and over again, it is because I can't see the truth and the question I should ask myself, what, is that, what, it, what am I resisting in myself that I cannot see the truth? Yes, that is correct. The reason that you can't see the truth is because your mind wants to see what it needs to see to, to, uh, to verify its pattern. So when I have a pattern, if I've created any kind of pattern in my life, And the one we're talking about is resistance, control, and judgment. Resistance, control, and judgment. So let's look at how a pattern like this could get started. You experience something as a child that is frightening or threatening or very hurtful in some way. You may not even remember what it is. In order for you to control that experience, We learn to judge it. If I judge it, what do I do? I name it something. I give it meaning. I give it a meaning that is important to me. It may not have anything to do with anybody else, but it's a meaning that I understand, and it's a meaning that I have rules around so that I can control, at least I think I can control, I can control that situation in my mind. If I know... Uh, that if I, like, if I label somebody an asshole, I don't have to try to make amends. I don't have to try to forgive. I don't have to try to find uh, deeper consciousness around that person. I don't have to look at myself in any way. Why? Because the person's an asshole. That's it. So if I learn that from somebody, my parents, a teacher, anybody, if I learn that by judging that person as an asshole, then they they go into that box in my mind. They're an asshole. That's it. Done. Over. I don't have to do any growth there. I don't have to look at myself in any way. And we do this all the time. We judge things. It's like it's insane how much we judge. But here's the problem. Once I do that, I no longer look at me. I'm only looking at the rule that I have in my mind that makes that person an asshole. Now, what's the problem? The problem is, is that it may let me get through a tough time as a child. But then as I grow up, I may see the same traits in other people that I was afraid of as a kid. And I label that person an asshole. And I'm creating problems in my life that I don't even know. The resistance is that if somebody comes along and says, that's really not such a bad person. I don't know why you think they're an asshole. Because they are. This is what they did. And then you, what you do is you go into a story 
about why they're an asshole. The story is nothing more than an amplification of your own rules about what you're perceiving. Why? Because it, it allows you to control it. If I, can, if I can keep telling myself a lie, so that's all I see in my outer situation, that's what I believe, I have my rule, I judge that thing, and I stay in my little box and nothing changes. Now the problem with that is that it has like spider's legs. The more you do it, the more you see even hints of that trait in something else and you start to label it. So it expands. It will literally grow, okay? Until you stop judging and look at the truth, which is, well, so what's the truth, right? The truth is, is that there's something in me I don't want to see. That's why I'm judging. That's why I'm labeling. That's why I'm resisting. And that's why I'm controlling. Because the thing that I have to look in me to change that problem requires me to look at the pain that I'm holding on to that's causing me to put that shield up in my life and judge something else. Okay, number two, if I'm still seeing the problem, it's because I'm, see I'm still recognizing the condition in my life. Um, I read these words and they don't make sense to me at all. Can you clarify this? What do you mean that I am still recognizing? Do you mean that I'm still aware, for example, the patterns I have repeated over and over again or money relationship with a male partner in my weight? What you're recognizing is the symptomatic trigger that keeps you in the story, that keeps you in the judgment. That's what you're recognizing, okay? So yeah, it could be a problem in your partner. What does that do? If I label my partner as whatever, blah, 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 and I say now my partner has to change, I don't have to look at how I'm participating in that problem because I've labeled my partner that. If I say I'm having problems in my business because of blah, 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 COVID, racism, whatever, I don't have to look at what I'm not doing. Because the problem is what's, is what's causing me to be this way. So I'm, I'm projecting my inner wound, my inner fear, my inner pain, my inner problem, my inner insecurity onto people, places, and things. And the recognizing is that every time I see that pattern outside of me, I go into my pattern on the inside of me, which is control, protect myself. I don't have to change anything. We see this all the time in relationships. How many of you have been in a relationship where you were madly in love with somebody and at the end of it, you fucking hated the person? What, how did that happen? They're no different than they were when you met them. But when you met them, all you saw was what you loved. And then when things came out that you chose not to see in the beginning of the relationship, then you started going into your pattern. And what do you do? You label. We see this with relationships all the time. So many people are in these like wonderful, they have, they're madly in love. They're having the best sex of their life. They're, it's the big romance. And at the end, they're suing each other and fighting over custody of the kids and trashing each other all over the internet. Like, really? 
How did we get there? Because we refuse to look at ourselves. It never has anything to do with the other person. And look, the other person might be an asshole. Your partner might be a jerk. If that's the case, why do you keep choosing to bring that into your life? That's the recognition again. Okay, so uh, as far as continuing to recognize that in your life means that you're seeing the problem and not the whole truth within any of the situations because you haven't looked at what's going on inside yourself. So when we say like if you're talking about the law of attraction, you keep attracting something into your life that you don't want. It's because you haven't looked at what it is in yourself that's seeing it. Now, if you bring the law of polarity in this, you have to always remember this. Always. There is nothing that doesn't have both good or bad in it. Nothing. Nothing. There's always something great about it. There's always something not great about it. You have to remember that. When you see good, there's also something that's not good. Now, it doesn't mean, because there's something that's not good, it doesn't mean that it's not something that you wouldn't do. It depends on what that not good is. Now, if, but if you're coming from the other place where all you're seeing is risk and what's wrong with something, the question is, why can't you see the good? It's like the slide disguises of opportunity in Think and Grow Rich. A person that's raised middle class, working class consciousness, could have a million dollar opportunity in front of them, and all they see is risk. Why? Because they're not aware of their ability to succeed in that situation. They've never come to that awareness. That was the big that was the big, big change that I made, the first initial change that got me on this path in my life. Two years, the opportunity to triple my income was around me twice a week, and I couldn't see it because I was judging. I was judging. Why did I judge? Because my parents judged. My mother judged everything because it was the only way she could stay emotionally safe in this world. She was angry at everything, everybody, all the time because it kept her safe. If I'm angry at everybody all the time, I don't have to be vulnerable. If I'm angry, I don't have to be uh, intimate. If I'm angry, I, I, don't have to, I don't have to share a space with you in friendship or in love or in romance, right? And of course, I'm gonna blame you for it. I would, there's nothing wrong with me, please, come on. Absolutely nothing wrong with me. I'm Mrs. Perfect or Mr. Perfect. It's always the other person. What does this allow us to do? It allow us, allows us to be right. You have to ask yourself this question. Do I have a need to be right? If you have a need to be right all the time, you have this problem going on. The need to be right or the need not to be wrong. And they're different. Just quickly, the need to be right is I will literally get into loggerheads with you. I will fight with you. I will battle with you to be right. If I have the need not to be wrong, I will maintain my position that I'm right, but I will, I will go away because I won't be wrong. I won't take the chance that if we get into an argument or a debate, that I'll show up as wrong. So one is aggressive, one is passive aggressive. They operate distinctly differently, but it's both the same problem. 
And both of you, both of them will keep you locked in a box of judgment, <clears throat> which means you're not moving forward. All right, number three question. If I change my mind about it, did you mean the problem? I won't see, I won't see the paradigm any longer. How do you change? How do I change my mind by seeing the truth? How do I see the truth? Is it about stating what is the opposite using the law of polarity? I have confusion here and a lot of it. Great question. If I change my mind about it, do you mean the problem? Yes. So it's, it's the, it is what you're seeing and changing the meaning. That's how you change your mind about it. You, only you, only you give the things in your life meaning. Now the meanings may have come from other people. Most of them did. Regardless, for how you operate in life, you give everything meaning, what it means to you. If the meaning is causing you not to move forward where you can't see the truth, if, I, if, I, if I'm not making sales and, and I give it meaning, nobody says yes. They don't have any money. Now, I can't do anything about that. There's nothing I can do about it. And people give that situation that meaning all the time. They just don't have any money. The people, the, the, the people that I'm contacting that need my product or, or service, they can't afford it. You gave that meaning to those people. Why? Because you're looking at what you think they don't have, and you feel bad about asking them to do something more than what they don't have, which we now reversed it and turned it back to us to verify our own meaning. But I can't move forward as long as I give it that meaning. If I change the meaning to if the person wants it bad enough, they will find the money, because we always do, I have a totally different experience with the same people. I went back and called them again. I can't tell you how many times I've done that. Call them again. I can't call them again. That would be, and then we give it a meaning. That meaning keeps you from picking up the phone. It keeps you from paying your bill on time. It keeps you from moving forward. It now redirects the problem to something that's not true and you begin working on something that is having no effect on the change that you need. Because you want to be right in your position. So there's the resistance. I'm resisting changing the meaning. I'm resisting looking at myself. Number four, when I'm in resistance, I am not in harmony. If I'm not experiencing uh, the results that I want, I am in resistance. Yes, correct. You're, you're in resistance to something. You're, there's something you're not seeing that will allow you to change your experience. Number five. In repeated patterns, my mind is seeing a false, uh, a false reality. My mind is seeing something different in the problem. Let's use weight again. My mind is telling me that the problem is that I don't want to be deprived of food. I also had an experience when I was thinner that was less than stellar. Although I feel that I have moved through those and they won't affect me. I can follow an eating program for three days and then I find myself slipping or creating a pattern where my partner brings me home ice cream, my favorite, and I cave in and procrastinate and think that I will stay on the program tomorrow. What's interesting here is that there's a sentence in here that's really interesting. I've had experiences when I was thinner that was less than stellar. Most people, not all, most people hold weight because they're protecting themselves from something. A lot of women hold weight because they're protecting themselves from their own intimacy. True, not everybody, not labeling everybody. I'm just telling you, 
that most people hold weight to protect themselves from some pain that they've experienced in life. And they found out that number one, by eating, they feel good because you feel good when you eat, right? And as you gain weight, you become less attractive to other people. So that you don't have to engage them. So think about that. And if you're committing to something and your partner's bringing you home ice cream, that's codependency. The partner's playing a role in your problem. That has to stop, but only you can stop it. You have to create a boundary, okay? One of the, especially with food, one of the things with food is that it's so wrapped up into tradition in most of our lives, you know? Um, and not only that, but especially in this country, it's marketed too huge. So there's all these, there's all these things that we, in our mind, that we associate with food, good, good, pleasurable things that we associate with food. It's an easy fix when we don't feel good. It's an easy fix when we don't feel good. I'm going to eat something because it changes your internal state immediately, even though down the road, you're not happy with yourself because of it. The truth is, is it gives you an instant change, just like if you were to take a powerful drug and it changed your, your state. The alcohol do the same thing. The only difference with food is that you have to have food to survive. You don't have to have alcohol to survive. Um, where are we here? Do, 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 do. Six, if the problem is still there, I'm in harmony with the problem. Yes. Using the above example, I'm in harmony with being overweight and not staying on the program. Yes. In frustration, I will blame something. In this case, procrastination, not being dedicated enough, not wanting it enough, the story behind not safe, Yes. When I blame, uh, it is a sense of control, correct? Did you mean blame of the circumstance as well? Yes. Blame of anything. Blame of anything is the, is the projection of your responsibility onto something else. While there's truth in everything that you say, you're not staying on the program because subconsciously your mind doesn't think it's safe to be thin. That's what you're indicating in what you in what you said. So it's and you feel good when you eat. So the idea is learning how to be safe at the at the the health or the weight that you want to be, if that's what's going on. But you can't blame it on something else. When I'm in blame, I'm actually repeating a false cause to myself. Uh, X because I don't like to feel deprived because I don't like to follow rules. I have a hard time releasing weight. This is a false cause. It's a false reason. It's a false reason. And it's absolutely true that we can wire ourselves to feel bad about something that's good and to feel good about something that's bad. To think that you're going to change that response first before you change the behavior is incorrect. The behavior changes the internal response using the self-hypnosis will, will assist you in that, but you have to be diligent with it. You have to do it consistently for 90 days to get a really good foothold in there. When I resist, it persists, so accept the condition of some evidence being good. Please explain further. Because when you recognize that you're resisting, when you recognize that you're blaming, when you recognize that you're judging, 
the good is now I can change it. And it's also to understand that every problem, every challenge that comes into our life is for our growth. It is the next place that we need to grow. And when we don't, when we ignore it, we create a long problem. So the idea is, when I have a problem, when a challenge comes up, when something goes wrong, don't get into judgment, don't get into blame, but recognize that this is good because when I, when I break through this problem, when I achieve something different, when I grow here, I'm going to be better. It's never for punishment. It's never bad luck. It's never, you know, somebody put a hex on you. It's, it's nothing other than every challenge is a place for us to grow. Even when it's something that hurts. So we have to know that. If I have identified a problem and I'm repeating, I don't have the clarity to break through, which means I'm still in blame. Correct. Correct. You're still seeing the problem is the problem. You have to, here's a good thing to ask yourself. Why am I choosing to have this experience? Ask yourself that question. Why am I choosing to have this experience? And then don't blame yourself, but really come in and, and, and be as honest as you can with yourself. Like, why am I having this experience? What is it fulfilling in me? What is it keeping me from doing? How is it keeping me safe? You know, really move around in there and until you get focused in on what the truth is. You'll know the truth when you feel it. You may want to deny it, but you'll know it. Uh, last one, all negative patterns are creating an illusion. Can you clarify this? An illusion of what? An illusion that the pattern is the problem. An illusion that the pattern is the problem. What is the result of that pattern in your life? Why do we keep repeating things that we say that we don't want? We'll even go so far as to say, you know, I've been self-improvement forever and I totally understand the concept around this, but it's just not changing. No, you don't understand it. You don't. You intellectually understand it, but intellectual understanding never changes anything. Reading a book does, like if you read Think and Grow Rich a hundred times, but do nothing that's in the book, nothing's changing. Except you wasted a lot of time reading the book a hundred times. You have to do what it says because we're wired, not just intellectually, but emotionally and physically through action through observation, right? When I observe something, it causes an instantaneous reaction in my brain, bam, tells me how to think, what to do, and how to feel. If I don't like the result of that, I have to manually go in and say, I'm gonna to choose to think this way, I'm gonna to choose to feel this way, and I'm gonna take action in this direction, regardless of the voice in my head that's telling me to do something else. That's how we break the pattern. Because you're worth it. That's why. Why would you do this? Because you're worth it. When you let go of the judgment around this and realize that every one of these challenges is because you're going to a, a better thing, a better part of yourself in life, then the problems start to become exciting. In the beginning, it's like, I don't want to, you know, I hate this. It's a reflection of how I don't feel good about myself, but then it begins to change and it becomes a really cool process.
Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.